That's uh, the gospel according to Luke chapter 13. And we're going to start with verse 6. <clears throat> when you have it, say amen. amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here. I've for three years, I've come looking for the fruit on this tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit the next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. amen. I've, uh, for the time that is ours to uh, share together, I want to talk about a God of grace. A God of grace. And uh, one thing I've been noticing uh, as I've been studying and even when I will go to seminary class is something that the uh, professors will point out is uh, we tend to put ourselves into the Bible stories, but uh, we always tend to put ourselves in the same place. Um, you hear the story of the Good Samaritan and you think, well, I must be the Good Samaritan. I couldn't have been any of the people that walked past the Good Samaritan, even though that may happen at some of the major intersections when we see somebody holding a sign. Couldn't have been us. We have to be the Good Samaritan. And we most certainly couldn't be the person that's beat up on the side of the road because that don't happen to us. Maybe it's just me, you know. Maybe it's just me. You know, we look at the the uh, in, enslaving of the Hebrew people. And we think, well, we must be the Israelites suffering long and hard. And the Lord is going to deliver us. We never once try to think of ourselves as being the Egyptians. Because we most certainly could not work for Pharaoh. And we most certainly could not take advantage of anybody. Because that never happens. Ever, you know. We, 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 we never look at it from uh, uh, different situations. And I thought about that as I was uh, preparing for this sermon because here we have this fig tree that is not producing fruit. And oftentimes uh, when I've heard people preach about the fig tree or someone talk about the fig tree, we spend all this time talking about how you need to cut the unproductive stuff out of your life and let go of these fake friends and these fickle family members and keep on and move on. And if it's not producing fruit, it needs to go. But what if we were the fig tree? What if we were something that had not produced fruit for three years, even though we were designed to do it? And someone was looking to fire, I mean, cut us down. Yeah. 
Just before uh, the portion of the reading and before this chapter uh, in the text of the gospel according to Luke, Jesus is asking some of the people as he's teaching why they are not able to uh, interpret the current times. Why do they not? Why are they not able to look at what's going on and see what kind of time it is and see that time is running out? And they say, yeah, we, we understand what's going on. And so they brought up a, a situation uh, where some Galileans had just been killed by Pilate. And not only were they killed by Pilate, Pilate then used their blood for sacrifices. And Jesus asked them, do you know, do you think that the Galileans suffered this way because they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Yeah. That might have been what they thought. That might have been what they brought up because we tend to keep score. Whether or not we admit it, we tend to keep score present company included. And not only do we keep score, we score a little different when it comes to our situation than we score other people. Give an example. I, I spent some time as a uh, audio engineer and uh, have an opportunity to, you know, uh, uh, control in layman's terms, the mic levels uh, of the instruments and, and make everything sound, I guess, acceptable, but it's subjective. You know, I may think I've done a good job, but somebody else may not. And I watch other engineers and when they're listening to somebody else's mix, their mix is garbage. <laughs> How did this person get this job? I'm a better engineer than that guy. I can get the mic sound. Did you hear that feedback during the concert? Oh, man, we went the whole Clark Sisters concert and I couldn't hear Twinkie on the keys. Critical. But then when they get a chance behind the board. Well, see, what had happened was is, um, you know, the board needs to be serviced. Um, the microphones wasn't right. I ain't get a good chance to do sound check. We spent all of this time coming up with excuses for when we're behind the board, but when somebody else is operating, they're bad. We, we, we can hear everything wrong and know how to fix it. I had a professor once say this to uh, me and my classmates when I was getting my MBA. We used to spend a lot of time out during our breaks uh, talking about different things going on with companies and projects and everything. And we actually came to a stop because one of the professors came out and said, you guys must be out here solving all the world's problems. <laughs> I mean, you're talking like it. You all are, you know, just you're not doctors yet. You're not you're not even MBAs yet, but you are out here and you know everything about everything. And that's kind of what comes to mind when I think about the Israelites and the people that were talking to Jesus at this time about the suffering of these uh, Galileans 
when they were looking at that these Galileans died and these Galileans didn't, but there's no one thing worse than another. And he goes on to tell them, you know, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 that were killed in the Tower of Siloam and, and it fell on them. Do you think those were worse offenders than all the brothers living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. It's rough all over, as my grandmother says from time to time. You know, we tend to look at one situation and not only do we keep score, also when the tragedy hits us, it's worse. You know, uh, there's a there's an adage that says when your neighbor loses their job, it's a recession. But when you lose your job, it's a depression. And I'm not negating the, the value or, 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 or the, the, the trouble that one may go through because the Bible does say man born of a woman days are few and full of trouble. But what I am saying is that we have to be able to welcome the trials almost. You know, we have to be able to find the goodness out of it. I'm not one to say that every trial that comes upon you is God sent. You know, we're not all in a Job situation. You know, I hear people say I'm going through a Job trial right now, but Job was blameless. He was upright and he still went through. So I know I'm not blameless. I am but yet a sinner saved by grace. And so when I go through the trials, yes, I welcome them, but I don't put the I don't act like I'm holding up the bloodstained banner and saying I'm I'm going through because this is a job. This is a righteous struggle. But I do try to take the opportunity to learn from it. I do take the opportunity to to learn something from it and and maybe even gain a new skill so that when it comes around again, because there's nothing new under the sun, I won't have to worry about it as much. I remember hearing a story once about a young man who was with his father and his headphones to his iPod broke. And he gave it to his father. Well, before he gave it to his father, he was a bit of hysterical. He cried. He shouted. My headphones are broke. I can't do it. What's going on? Daddy, 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 please fix it. Well, dad fixed it. And his headphones was working again. Then the second time the headphones broke. The child was not as hysterical about it because he knew daddy could fix it. And so instead of crying and throwing a fit and thinking that he would never be able to listen to his iPod again, he just handed the headphones over to his father. And that is what we ought to do from time to time because the father can fix it. We need to be able to take our problem over and hand it to the father. And be able to hand it to him calmly because we know it'll be fixed. But he said, unless you repent, you will perish just like them. And, you know, sometimes we think that we can anticipate trouble. I am uh, working at a place where they are. Sticklers for safety to the point that if you trip over yourself walking down the hall, they need to file a, repl- a, a, a complaint, a, a report, and assess the situation. 
and then it becomes a topic of a meeting. And then they discuss whether or not you had the right shoes on. And do we need to put rubber soles or rubber marks on the place? Every place that the concrete is uneven on the sidewalk, they paint yellow so that you won't trip over it. They have globe mirrors coming outside of every door so that when you go outside a door, you look up so that you won't bump into anybody. You have to wear rubber safety gloves to fill the copy machine with paper. Why? Because we had two paper cuts in two weeks. <laughs> they are sticklers for safety. You have to wear safety glasses. You have to wear safety gloves. You have to read what's called a JSA, which stands for Job Safety Analysis, for every job you have to do. So if I need to turn on a microphone, there is a job safety analysis for that. Yes, if, there, if I need to pull a stapler out of a stack of paper, there is a JSA for that. And you have to read each JSA every day. And then sign off that you read it and then carry the JSA with you as you go around the five buildings to do your job. Because the safety manager can come up to you and decide that they want to observe your work and say, where's your JSA? I need to read it so I can watch you observe the work. I literally saw the uh, custodian and the safety manager go back and forth about whether or not. When it's time to clean a toilet in the restroom, when you spray the disinfectant around the toilet seat, do you let it sit for a minute or do you wipe it off immediately? They spent 15 minutes talking about this, about which was proper because the JSA said to let it set for 15 minutes. But the safety manager thought it was better to wipe it off immediately because the fumes might get into her face and she pass out and fall down in the bathroom. Now, with all of that going on, would you believe people still get hurt? People still get hurt. So no matter how much preparation you do, trouble sometimes will come and you will still get hurt. And I thought about that because he said that the people in the Tower of Siloam, it fell on them. Towers during biblical times were supposed to be one of the safest places to be. That's why they would refer to the Lord as a strong tower. That's why when it was time for a city to take over a place, they didn't attack the tower. That was fruitless. They would lose too many, too many people. When it came time to attack a tower, they would just freeze them out. Made sure nobody went in and out of the tower. Because why? The tower was too strong to storm and just take over. So here you are in a safe place thinking they are in a tower and they still perish because the tower fell on them. You cannot prevent all trouble. No matter how hard you try, trouble will come. It's more about what you do in the instance of the trouble and what do you learn from the trouble as opposed to trying to prevent it or looking at somebody else's trouble and saying that it's their fault. But even with all of that, we still have grace. We still get something that we don't 
deserve the unmerited favor of grace. We can't do anything to earn it. There's no scorecard. There's no points value. There's nothing we can do to gain extra credit to get it. But we must not keep score. I'm reminded of John 9 and 2 where they saw the blind man and they said, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. But he he was not born blind for that. But this was an opportunity for them to see the glory of the Lord. To see that God can get you out of a problem. But sometimes we keep score. And grace is not about keeping score. That's why we believe as Methodists in the prevenient grace. The, The before you were in the womb, I knew you. The before you even knew that God loved and cared for you, God was reaching out to you. And that justifying grace is when we decide to turn and reach back. But God is always reaching out for us. It's grace. And we don't deserve it. And we do not deserve it. I believe in in those kind of troublesome situations, you know, those troublesome situations develop our prayer life. If we weren't sick, we wouldn't know to pray to God for healing. If we weren't without, we wouldn't know to pray to God for the provision. These things sometimes are here to help us, mold us, grow us. Lifting weights is the actual is is biologically hurting yourself. You are tearing muscle, and then it repairs itself stronger. When you break a bone, it comes back stronger. You know, we look at a lot of things and we don't realize that there was a process that goes before it. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of gold. We all like jewelry. Well, at least some of us. Amen. Um, <laughs> but you look at gold and I gained a greater appreciation for gold when I understood how gold was made. It doesn't just get dug up out of a mine or dug up out the ground and then, you know, just put on a ring or put on people's teeth or um, there's a process before it can be used. First of all, the gold's got to go through some heat. It's got to have a whole lot of heat applied to it. And when that heat is applied to it, the impurities rise to the top. Everything that you don't want in gold rises to the top. When you put the heat on it, sort of like thinking somebody's nice before they get mad. And then you see something rise to the top of them when they're mad that wasn't there before when everything was going good. But then once the impurities rise to the top, you have to scrape them off. And then after you're done scraping it off, you know it's ready to be used when the maker of the gold can look into the gold and see their reflection. And so sometimes that's what I feel about life. My creator, there's heat. It's allowing the impurities to rise up to the top. And then those impurities are being scraped off until by the time my creator is done, they can look down and see their reflection. That is what trouble does sometimes. 
a process we go through in order to be useful. And a lot of times we'll see the, the fancy jewelry, but now we know that it was a process before that jewelry became fancy. And so we go to this tree, this tree that each person may have seen themselves as something different in, be it the, the person that owned the farm or the gardener or the fig tree or whatever one may saw. But we look at this fig tree because every day is a gift and each day is an opportunity for us to be thankful for God's grace. And that's what I see when I see the parable of the fig tree. See, this fig tree, as it said in the text, had been there for three years. And it wasn't producing any fruit. The first person wants to cut the tree down. And sometimes we can be that about that, about people, you know, I'm always picking up the tab for this person when it's time to go to lunch and um, keeping score again. I think I'm done going to lunch with this person. They don't even reach for the tab. Sometimes might not even say thank you. I'm keeping score. I've done more work than the, my coworker. Why did my coworker get promoted? I've done more for the family reunion planning committee than my cousin did. Keeping score. And the owner of the vineyard is ready to cut it down. And the man says to give it another year. That's uh, interesting, number one, because he wants to put fertilizer around it. And I've, I've researched about the fertilizer, and that was a very big deal during those times. The, the, the owner of the vineyard brought up the soil. And apparently during that time, soil was limited, and they had certain processes they had to do every seven years to keep using the same soil. They'd have to leave it what's called hallowed. And, and tilled and not plant anything in it. And so that meant if you were a farmer or you had a vineyard or you had anything going on, the space you had was limited because every couple years or so you was going to have to let different pieces not be used in order for the nutrients to get back into it in order to use the land because even at that time land was scarce and fertile land was scarce. And so you have something that's not producing, you can plant something else there. Furthermore, fertilizer, even though it was used, it was very expensive. That was not something that was to just be wasted on something that was not producing. But yet, he wants to use it another year. And it's good that he uses this fertilizer because it provides the nutrients that the fig tree would need to sustain itself and produce fruit. We need to bear fruit in our lives. We want to bear fruit. We are designed to bear fruit. 
But sometimes we need another chance. And thank God for a God of grace that gives us another chance. For I am glad that the Lord decided to give me another chance. Because I could have been cut down long ago for not producing. But they decided to put a little something around me that was limited in use. God's grace is it, it was it was is not it's, it's the, the fertilizer as well as limited at that time and the forgiveness that he surrounded us with. We, we expect perfection out of others and expect compassion for ourselves. And I'm just glad that they are not expect that the Lord is not expecting perfection out of me and is giving me the compassion, the, the grace, the mercy. Even though it's limited because he said to give it another year. And at the beginning of the text, he says that if you do not repent, you will perish as they did. I'm still happy for that chance because sometimes all I need is just another chance. God's been working with us a long time. And it is our hope that he'll work with us a little longer. And the the fertilizer in the right hands can produce some excellent results. You see, the refuse in my hands is something that I'm trying not to step in. It's something that I need to clean up. It's something that I don't like to smell. But in a farmer's hand, it's something that can grow a plant that will produce food and feed a whole lot more people. It just is all about whose hands it's in. And so I'm glad to be a little fig tree. I'm glad to be given an opportunity for redemption. I'm glad to be given an opportunity for repentance. In the Hebrew, repent means to turn around, to turn the direction you've turned. And, and in the Greek, is actually a psychological term that means you change the way you think of something, literally changing your mind. So we get this opportunity. We get this new year. We get this fertilizer. And we ought to use it as a time, number one, to be thankful for God's grace. Because he did not have to do it. He did not have to send his son to be crucified and die for us. He did not. And we take this opportunity to cherish every day because we know not the hour or the day. I have begun to reach the age where in this past month, at least four of my friends and or people who grew up in youth ministry while I was over youth well at youth ministry in, in Windsor village, their mothers have passed away four in this month in, in a month time frame. Life and time is, is, is precious. 
you must take an opportunity every day to thank the Lord for what he's done and maximize the most. Utilize the fertilizer to make fruit because eventually we'll all get cut down. But will we get cut down going to glory or will we get cut down going to Gehenna? Will we get cut down being one that has produced fruit or one that has not produced fruit? Take every opportunity to utilize the fertilizer, the grace, the mercy, the patience, the love, the kindness that the Lord has shared with you to share with others. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.